Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. And the next little taste, a little nibble from Nomad's Land. So I'm not going to do a catch up for you uh because I'd rather that you go and listen to uh the, the previous readings of it and now we're smack in the middle of the book or just beyond the middle of the book where Shana the shy Kashmiri pandit girl finds herself in school alone because Pema has not come to school because her grandmother is slipping away back in school shana lurked in shadows feeling that she had become a shadow herself without the light of pema she was reduced to being a sliver of herself the restlessness of waiting soon turned to dusty acceptance she was worried for her friend of course but she was also worried for herself she asked herself how she'd become so dependent on someone who was really only an acquaintance almost a stranger surely she herself was more than just being somebody's friend how had this happened shana wondered So Shana decides to go off and try and make friends or at least connect with those who have been Pema's friends. Although she found her intimidating, Shana approached Hawk at lunch. Hawk is Shana and Pema's roommate, very quiet, very surly. And Shana very shyly goes up to her. "Hi, Want to hang out? The words tasted strange on her tongue. Want to hang out? Wow! This was a whole new language. Hawk told her that she was joining her friends, but that Shana could come on, come along too, if she wanted. Shana gulped out a shaw and followed Hawk. Where's your pal? Who? Uh, Pema. her grandma's ill so she's staying back home this week her grandmom's really not doing well grandmom not grandmother like she was used to saying shana grinned to herself uh thinking she really was going to be able to pull this off she was getting pretty good at this swag thing hawk introduced her to her friends The girls chattered away. They talked so fast that Shana missed most of the conversation. This group had many girls from the northeast of India, but Shana didn't know whether they were all from the same state or different places or what. Determined to join into the conversation, Shana asked as loudly as she could. Excuse me, are you all from the same place or are some of you Naga, some of you Manipuri, some of you Sikkimese, Khasi and all that? Everyone fell silent. They turned to look at her as if seeing her for the first time. 
She could see the sneers on some faces and wondered if she was doing something wrong, if she'd said something amiss. <laughs> of course, we're all from the same place, the same state, even the same tribe. One of them sneered at her. We don't hang out with the Nagas and all. Nagas almost spat out as if too dirty to keep in the mouth too long. Why? Why not? Slipped out of her before she could stop herself. They are different. They're weird. Someone laughed. The blood was pounding in Shana's ears. But, but I'm different and weird too, I guess. She was speaking in a voice that didn't reflect how much she was shaking inside. Inwardly, Shana was applauding herself for her insane courage and speaking up. Well, yeah, that you are. You're different, but that's not the same. How? Why? Shana really did want to know. Look, the point is that we have a traditional enmity with the Nagas. Our people and theirs have an enmity going way back, centuries back. So we don't hang out with them. Simple. Or us, or they with us for that matter. Traditional enmity. The words thumped within Shana. The image of Huma's face rose up unbidden. The look of hurt when Shana had said those horrible things about Uma and her people. You were my people, Shana wept within herself. You were my people. How did we let this happen? Why should you let this happen? She asked aloud. Boss, nobody's letting anything happen. Some things just are and you can't change them. One of the girls said, But, but why, why do we care about traditional enmity? We're just children. Why, why should we judge people like that? Shana's voice was barely audible. It was more like she was asking herself these questions. Oh, you won't understand, one of the girls snapped. No, you're right. I really don't understand. Why are we taking on the fight of our ancestors? Why perpetuate enemy lines? Why, why can't we redraw them? They stared at her, but no one spoke up. So she pushed on. You say some things are just the way they are and you can't change them. But I want to ask you, why not? Why can't we, we, the younger generation, why can't we change it? Look, look, one of the girls sneered again. You probably come from some safe, peaceful place where there's no conflict. We're not as lucky as you are. Shana fell, si fell silent, a lump in her throat, a lump of grief that was her father, but also her lost land her lost friends, her lost life. She recalled that she had refused to go out uh, and meet them because they were Muslim. And she'd been told that they had killed her father. 
from friends, they'd become enemies in just that one incident because someone decided it was so. Suddenly she wished and wished with all her might that she could right that wrong. They had come to share her grief, maybe offer her shoulder, but she'd refused without giving them a chance. She shouted cruel words at Huma in school, and yet when tragedy struck, Huma and her mother had come to meet them. Who had decided that they were enemies? Had someone told her? Who had counseled Shana that those who were friends were enemies now? She couldn't even remember. She couldn't right those wrongs now, but it suddenly became important to her to try and explain, to try and soften those hard lines between neighbors and those who should be friends. She shook herself, taking a deep breath. She pushed herself off the wall of silence she'd been hiding behind and spoke up. I'm not from a safe and peaceful place. Well, it was in at one time, but not since I was born. Why? Where are you from? So Shana told them about herself, growing up in Kashmir, surrounded by gunfire and grenades, her life punctuated by curfews and buns. Of course, Hawk and her friends had known from the news about the troubles in Kashmir, but she had never met anyone from there. What made you leave? they asked. And there it was the moment to once again talk about her long-ago father. He died. My father, he died, she whispered. Hawk patted her shoulder in an uncharacteristically gentle gesture. Yes, Shana continued, loving the warmth of that touch. Yes, it was Muslim terrorists who killed him, him and many others, And yes, Kashmiri pundits have been hounded out of the valley and we've become nomads in our own land. We've lost our homes, we've lost our livelihoods, our families to terrorists. The Kashmiri Muslims still remain. And yes, we then began to think of them as the enemy. Okay, all right, so you get it. We have a similar history with the Nagas. I don't know. Are you sure? Did I not make the mistake to believe that my friends were in on it? My own friends. They were gentle, loving girls. How how could I hold them responsible? I didn't even meet them when they came to condole for my father. Don't you see? They were my friends. But grown-ups suddenly decided that they were no longer friends, they'd become enemies, and like a fool, I agreed. I believed. I didn't ask the questions. But don't you think that we should ask those questions now? Shana was almost exhausted. She wasn't used to long speeches. But she was also fired up, ready to battle back. 
if they argued. Um, yeah, but, said one of the girls, no, there are no buts. There cannot be any buts. Hawk burst out with laughter. Shana was annoyed, but Hawk was wiping tears of laughter. Dude, dude, there are butts and there will always be butts. Get it? She smacked her own backside and everyone dissolved into fits of giggles. It took Shana a moment or two to get the joke, but then she laughed out loud too. This time, for the first time in her life, forgetting to cover her mouth when she laughed. And now I shall skip ahead again. So Shana um, gets a phone call from Pema. Uh, Pema is at home with her grandmother and she's making this phone call. But surreptitiously because... Um, Pema doesn't want her parents to know. Shana listened patiently as Pema explained about Mola wanting a breathtaking ceremony to release her. She told Shana about her promise to her grandmother and her visit to Debek Dan, one of the elders, perhaps one of the only ones who knew about the breathtaking ceremony. And then Pema confessed that she forgot the words that Debek Dan had told her to ask. It was terrible, Shana. I forgot and then I had to go back and I was so embarrassed. And Debek Dan's daughter, Doyang, she was so angry with me. What were the words? asked Shana. Ha, I remember them now, said Pema over the phone. Kemka druyo sans chiro, kemka druyo ma. Kemka druyo sans chiro, kemka druyo ma. What do those words mean? Well, it means basically that the women in your family and mine are not able to perform the ceremony for obvious reasons. If you know anyone else up for the job, I can teach her. It does have to be a woman. Shana, he used the old language, so even I didn't understand the words. But he used it so no one else would understand, see? Shana could make out that Pema needed to say something more. What is it? she asked. Pema stopped, sighed, finally, slowly, Hesitatingly, Pema told her friend what the help was that she needed. Shana's heart sank. She shrunk back and the word no rose up in her throat. What Pema was asking was too much. How could anyone expect such a thing of another, a virtual stranger really? Shana thought, of a million reasons to say no. They hadn't been friends that long. Shana's own grandparents would never agree. And Pema had just told her that it was an illegal thing to do. And what about school? How could both of them get permission? Would, parent, would Pema's parents allow this? 
but for every question stuck in her throat, every no stayed behind Shana's lips. For Pema was in tears. I don't know what else to do, Shana. I don't know who else to turn to. My grandma, she needs this. Shana modified her no to, Why do you need me? What are these obvious reasons he mentioned? And then Shana asked, Pema, can't you do it yourself? I wish I could, said Pema, but I can't. I can only help the breathtaker or Druyosan, as they are called in our ancient Kushaha language, cannot be a blood relative or a member of the family. That's why. Silence. Silence. Shana, I wouldn't ask if there was any other way, if there was anyone else to ask. You know that. Jumping ahead. Shana goes back home. She has decided that she is going to ask her mother. But Shana's mother, ever since the moment that Shana's father has been killed, Shana's mother has shut down. Shana's mother has become like a child. She doesn't even look at Shana because Shana resembles her father. Shana's mother has become a shriveled little child lying in bed all day. But Shana tries. She Every time she goes back home, she curls up next to her mother. She puts her arms around her and she chatters and she talks about school. She has no one else at home to talk to. She can't talk to her grandparents. They don't understand and they disapprove of everything. And when Shana is chattering on and telling her mother about the breathtakers and what Pema has asked, Shana stopped. Her mother had moved. This was the biggest response she could ever have expected. Besides, she had said as much she could possibly have said. Now either her mother would respond and advise her or Shana would just go ahead and do what she felt was right. At least she had told a grown-up. Her mother turned. For the first time, her mother turned. She turned to face her daughter, looking into her eyes as if for the first time. There was recognition in those grey eyes. Shana held her breath. It was as if her mother was returning to life before her very eyes. Ma! Her mother planted a kiss on her daughter's forehead. Ma! Shana breathed. All sorts of Pema of her grandmother and even school and breathtaking, fleeing, now there was only her mother and herself. Her mother, her gone mother was coming back. 
Shana wasn't even aware of the tears that hazed her eyes up. Will you be in any danger? Her mother whispered. Shana could have shouted with joy at hearing her mother's voice for the first time since they had come here. She didn't shout. She didn't even show surprise or relief. Instead of answering, Shana just hugged her mother to her, breathing in her scent, not wanting to let go, lest her mother slide back to nothingness again. She just wanted this moment to last forever, and her mother seemed to want the same. But after a long, comfortable silence, Ma asked her, Beta, this thing, this thing that your friend suggests, will you be in any danger? I don't know, Ma. I don't have all, all the details of what I need to do. I couldn't bear to lose you too, Ma said. I couldn't bear it. Shana did know that. She couldn't have just got her mother back only to lose her again. I'll find out everything, okay? I'll ask before I do anything. In reply, her mother brushed Shana's hair back and looked at her. How big you've grown, my darling. I'm so proud of you. And they fell asleep in each other's arms. And that is Shana's mother coming back coming back after having been almost in a self-imposed coma. And now the two girls are in Pema's colony where she lives and they are going to Debekdan, one of the last people who know about the breathtaking ceremony. As they entered the room where Debek Dan lay, the very same army of bottles and medical gadgets that were in Pema's grandmother's room greeted them. The same sounds of labored breathing. <sighs> Did all old people have to fight so hard for breath? Shana wondered. Doyan. Debek Dan's daughter knelt on a cushion on the ground next to the bed and whispered words that neither girl could understand. The old man opened his eyes. He looked past Pema. His milky eyes seemed to focus on Shana. He whispered in a raspy breath, You came, Druyosan. You came. He lifted a gnarly finger and beckoned her. Shana was rooted to the spot, almost too scared by the strangeness of it all. Pema nudged her forward. Shana knelt the way she had seen Doyang do. It felt strangely important just to kneel there at the head of this ancient man. He began to speak in a language 
that Shana didn't understand a word of. Doyang sat by his bed, stroking his back and translating for them. You are not from among us, yet you are bound to us by threads none of us can see. We are different, and yet we are the same. We are the same. You must learn the art before it is scattered into the winds and lost forever. Only few people are pure enough. Only few people have loved enough and lost enough to have the empathy, to have the sympathy, to do what you must do. It is our way, and now it must be your way. He whispered, looking directly at Shana. My father says, said Doyang, he says that it is rare for someone from the outside to have the core of the breath taker. He says you do. He recognizes this, but he asks, are you ready to take this on? He asks, are you ready? Because if you are not, if you are not willing, it will not work. Then it's just words. Shana was shaking. She was hearing the words as they were coming out of, as if they were coming out of water, out of a sea. She felt she was in a place very far away, that she and this ancient man were alone on a planet. His voice was resounding, reverberating inside her, and she understood his every word. She felt all of this in one moment. She was frightened. She wanted to run, but her legs wouldn't move. She was held by a bond that tied her to him, to this spot, right here, right now. His eyes willed her to say yes, while her heart bled no, I can't. It was Pema who broke the spell. Let her think about it, Devekdan. We can't force her to take this decision now. Shana looked at her friend and she noticed it was wet, wet with tears. And that's when she noticed her own tears flowing. Freely not out of sadness, not exactly sadness, but something much, much deeper. Debekdan put his hand on Chana's face and she knelt, leaned into the coolness of it. You have a sadness in you, the old man said. Shana nodded. She laid her hand, her face into his hand, his cold but comforting hand. Child, you wish you could have helped. You wish you could have done something. Yes, said Shana, not even thinking how he knew what she was feeling. You can, he said. 
Now you can, and maybe only you can. His hand cooled her hot forehead. She felt herself surrender and accept. Her resistance melted into his hand. Sometimes, he said, your help will be needed when somewhere else in order to help the one who you wanted to help. Sometimes by helping somebody else, you help the one that you couldn't help earlier. The words make, made perfect sense to Shana. Tell me how, tell me how, she said, and this time there was no sadness in her voice, only strength, only strength. And one last little bit for today that I'm going to read is the actual breathtaking ceremony um, because after this I'm going to read uh, the last part of the book. The book is divided into three portions and what I've read today is the breathtaking and the next time I will read to you the last part of the book. So this is the breathtaking ceremony. Shana kneels on a cushion on the ground, gently tapping the yak-tailed whisk just above Mola's chest, repeating the words that must be said for every breath. Sans komayu leaf. The leaf is long and drawn out. She places her left hand on Mola's chest to feel the heartbeat. Mola exhales a breath as long and as deep as she can manage. The rooster feathers hanging above flutter as she exhales. Shana gives the yak tail a tap and wind, tap and wind with every breath. It seems so simple. How can something so important as releasing someone from their painful life be so simple? Mola looks at her and draws her back to the moment. Shana knows she must concentrate deeply. Sans ko my you leaf. Tap, wind. Sans ko my you leaf. Tap, wind. Sans ko my you leaf. Tap, wind. Over and over and over until the room empties out. Mola has already asked Pema and her mother to leave. She has kissed them a final goodbye. But as Shana slips into the soft rhythm of the words, Sans coma you leaf, tap, wind. Sans coma you leaf, tap, wind. 
the hypnotizing words, and Shana feels that the room is filling up with people, many, many people. The rooster feathers are fluttering less and less as the strength and length of the exhaled breath from Mola decrease. Mola's face relaxes. Deep wrinkles get absorbed into smoother skin. It's like she's getting younger with every exhaled breath. Sans coma, you leaf. Her gaze, Mola's gaze, rests on Shana. The love sweeps over the young girl. Her gaze is steady as she whispers, I'm ready. I'm almost there, Druyosan. Shana nods, understanding, and resumes her chant as the room fills up with more and more and more people. Sans coma you Sans coma you Thank you are the last words that Mola speaks. Shana looked up at last. She was surprised to see just Pema and her mother kneeling on either side of the bed. Where's everyone gone? she asked. But no one had been there. Just Shana when the end came, mother and daughter had come back after the end. Awed Shana whispered, So many people came. They came to take her. Pema looked up at her friend and was about to say that no one had come. Before she realized that it wasn't people who came for Mola. Well, not exactly people. A shiver went down her spine. The room felt strange, but not in a frightening way. And Shana wept then, tears for a woman she had never known, but now would never forget. The three wept silently for a while before Pema's father came in and put his hand on Shana's shoulder, helping her up because her knees buckled. She had been kneeling for so, so long. And then Pema's father did a strange thing. He bent low and lay down before her, touching her feet. Shana recoiled in surprise. No, he said, looking up. You are a true Druyosan. You are sacred to us now. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट